0: Twitter faces the music, kids break up with Facebook, and we look ahead to the coolest gadgets for the rest of the year. It's the CNET UK podcast. I'm Richard Trenheim. Joining me is Katie Collins. How Hi, are you Rich.
1: doing? Yeah, I'm great, thank you. Great. Back from IFA.
0: A week in Berlin looking yes. at looking at exciting new product, products. products. Yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> i mean some of them were exciting um I, i'll i'll tell you more about that a little later in the show but Absolutely. um yeah well
0: yeah so to kick off i mean it's uh it's all going off over in the u.s isn't it there's a lot of a uh, lot of uh hearings and uh, uh i guess panels yeah inter- people being interrogated well
1: i mean it's um it's been f- fairly quiet news week here in the uk and then mm. you know Sort of yesterday afternoon, yesterday evening, it all kicked off on Twitter, and you know everyone was going mad for various news, um, some of which actually involved Twitter. Mm. Um, and now uh, we've had uh, we've had Jack Dorsey, uh, Twitter's CEO, mm-hmm. um, testifying at Jack at Jack mm. uh, testifying before Congress uh, this week. That's right. Um, and he's been trying to defend the platform from the, from allegations of bias, especially in the direction of. Uh, conservative news mm-hmm. um and conservative tweeters um one particular thing that he's been forced to kind of uh well he hasn't addressed it, but he's been asked about it is mm-hmm. um whether Trump's tweets are abusive um and he's quite he's carefully dodged questions yeah. on this um, and you know a lot of people have been complaining for, for a while now about whether Donald Trump and some of the things that he's tweeting should you know basically violate Twitter's uh, rules of conduct and whether exactly. you know if some, if anyone else had tweeted them whether they would be allowed to remain on the platform mm. um, and uh, you know up until now Twitter has always said and well now it was well actually has always said that you know it's, um, it's important to have uh, a figure such as Donald Trump on the platform because he contributes so much to the kind of the conversation and is such a public figure and uh, things that he say are in the public interest. Um, but
0: yeah it's worth pointing out I mean that uh, that, that Twitter isn't actually that big it, it has a kind of outsized, uh, significance in in the minds of of, uh, of of some commentators and journalists and politicians, uh, when it actually isn't anywhere in terms of in sheer numbers, it isn't anywhere near as big as the billions of people who use Facebook. But then, of course, Donald Trump's uh, his proclamations are, are sort of made through Twitter, and that mm-hmm. gives Twitter this kind of outsized. Outsize kind of impact in people's in people's minds, mm. um, and, uh, and and yeah, it's 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 a tough one. So a lot of the things that that, uh, that are being talked about with uh, Jack Dorsey has been asked about by uh, by U.S. senators. Things like interference in uh, in uh, elections and advertising uh, that uh, that potentially is interfering in democracy. Um, these aren't necessarily things that are such a big issue on Twitter. It's possible mm-hmm. are possibly more things that should be addressed at Facebook. But obviously, uh, Zuckerberg has had his uh, moment in the spotlight and will probably again have his moment yeah. in the spotlight. But for now, it's uh, it's Twitter that are up in uh, up in front of them.
1: Well, um, uh, so to in front of this uh, Senate Intelligence Committee, um. Uh, it's it's been Jack Dorsey from Twitter and Facebook and Google were also invited, now uh, Zuckerberg didn't come this time, Mm -hmm. but he sent his uh, second in command, uh, Sheryl Sandberg, Mm -hmm. Facebook's COO um, and uh, you know they've been chatting about what companies are, what these companies are doing to protect the integrity of midterm elections, so that we don't have a repeat of what happened, you know, a few years ago, and mm. and you know have all of these. Um, so just so that you know, voters really understand what role th- these platforms are playing, and and hopefully they're not exploited again mm. that's, uh, that's in right. the way they were the, previously. The,
0: the U.S. midterm elections coming up in November, uh, where which is the middle of of uh, President's uh, time time in office, which seems crazy, doesn't it? Because it does. It, it, seems it
1: feels it feels like he was just elected, but yeah. Um, but there uh, you uh,
0: go. and and so these elections, they're kind of they're often seen as a referendum, really, about how mm. the president's doing. But they're electing uh, uh, lesser officials. But um, it'll be interesting to see, like, if the Republicans can keep hold of uh, control of the uh, of the House and that kind of thing. This it's all, it's interesting looking across the looking across the pond at all this kind of stuff. Um, uh, because it affects us so much, like the, the mm. you know the, the way that the, um, the if the government does decide to the U.S. government does decide to regulate Facebook, uh, how is that going to affect us and the elections that we have over here? Mm. Um, so yeah, it's, it's it's interesting stuff. But I mean, it, it very much seems that you know putting these guys on the stand, people like Jack Dorsey and Zuckerberg and Sheryl Sandberg on the stand, it's uh, it, it they don't really give us any kind of. Piercing answers. I don't know if we're necessarily making much progress, mm. uh, but it's uh, it's it's certainly interesting. Google. It should be noted uh, didn't turn up. Nope. Nope. There was an
1: empty chair.
0: <laughs> it was an empty chair for Google. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they weren't feeling lucky. I, I guess you might say um, the uh, they didn't have the answers for once. Yeah, no. uh, someone who did turn up was Alex Jones, conspiracy theorist, and uh, a guy who was recently pretty much unilaterally booted off various social media platforms, mm, including Twitter, including Twitter. Although they took a little bit of time to to think about it, didn't they? Yeah, they, they yeah. did. Yeah. So there's uh, there's talk of Jack Dorsey kind of personally being involved in some of these decisions and saying, no, we've got to keep these guys on the platform, um, but. Uh, uh yeah no he hasn't really sort of given uh, give us too much to uh, to get excited about with his his testimony. Um interestingly enough speaking of Facebook we've uh, we've seen numbers uh, recently over the past kind of over the past years. Facebook's had a pretty torrid time and uh, so we've seen numbers that suggest that as many as 44% of younger users aged between 18 and 29 have deleted the Facebook phone app in the past year. Mm. That's nearly half of 18 to 29 year old users that's that's crazy
1: yeah well I mean as somebody who has been 29 this year I'm Mm -hmm. no longer 29 (laughs) (laughs) uh, I can say that uh, I I am among these Mm. users I I deleted uh, Facebook from my phone and probably actually when I was 28 you know 2017 Mm. uh, I think is when I when I deleted uh, Facebook off my phone Um, and honestly I think a a big part of it is just as you see It it does kind of come in waves, I think. And when you see your peer group and the people around you using it less, um, the people that you're closest to, then you're just less inclined to use it yourself because it's just not the best way of keeping in touch with people and connecting Mm. with people anymore. Um, And so I can understand why these, um, why it kind of happens in sort of specific age groups. Um, Mm. uh, And I do understand as well why people might not really want to have facebook yeah the shine's definitely
0: come off a little bit i mean i should point out these are american users as well yes um so uh uh yeah and and also younger users are quite uh, quite likely to be on other platforms aren't they like snapchat and instagram especially uh, which is of course a facebook brand yes um so it's all very well deleting facebook and saying you don't have anything to do with facebook anymore but if you're still using instagram yeah yeah, you're still you're still in 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 hock to zuckerberg and al so there you go um i don't know who al is (laughs) <laughs> but there you go uh in uh some more more uh local news i guess you might say um but still looking at these american tech giants and the way they interact with other countries netflix and amazon are looking likely to be forced to uh stream more european shows in the eu so this is all about the uh, the amount of local content that uh, video streaming services have to provide and so netflix and amazon uh, are going to be uh, regulated by the eu they have to provide 30 percent of their content uh, would have to be European uh, regulate would have to be European productions yes so stuff like the crown yeah and Marseille
1: I mean i I heard somebody say that the, that Netflix Netflix has resisted this and they've actually already implemented a similar rule in Germany mm-hmm. um and i I've heard you know that Netflix really resisted it there but actually they're not that far away from this quota apparently anyway mm. um which is really interesting to see um and you know I've some of the um it's it's really difficult for uh for um producers outside of the uh, the US in the past to get you know big television series made and obviously here in the UK because we're English language speaking um then uh we we do kind of have a and we have a great heritage of, mm. of Original t- uh, television content. Mm. You know, we have a probably an easier time of it. We do have shows like, um, uh, yeah, like you say, um, The Crown, and we mm. have um, other shows that are kind of produced primarily in the in the UK by even big companies like HBO. You know, mm. like things like Game of Thrones mm. is pretty much all it done kind of in Europe. Mm. Um, now, I think the like the one thing that I would really like to see out of this is uh, some interesting shows coming out of different European countries mm. I, I personally think that some of the some of the best TV that's been made <laughs> over the past few years it has come from other countries so uh, for example there was a, a, a TV show made by uh, the Norwegian television kind of um, the national uh, broadcaster over there called scam they've done an mm. American remake of it but honestly it was one of the best things that I've watched and i i I went to norway and i have norwegian friends and watched it there but you couldn't watch it outside of norway because you know if, if things are because of licensing reasons and it would be great to see shows like that that actually have kind of got this cult audience online for globally get the kind of um, recognition and exposure that I really think that they deserve Mm. it'd be great to see some new shows coming out of uh, countries like that and available to everyone
0: absolutely well I think it's I think it's worth pointing out that that Netflix uh, I think has been responsible for making uh, shows in other languages available and not kind of not segregating them off into into Mm. different places Um, you know not kind of having a section for German TV and a section for but just putting you know shows like dark and and, you know shows that even in foreign languages not even flagging that they're in a foreign language mm. just uh, just just putting them in with the other crime shows or the other you know comedy shows or whatever and really mixing it up and i think that's 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 really uh, that's really interesting so netflix i think deserves you know i don't, yes. th- I don't think this this sort of should be seen as, as like slapping uh rules on netflix that it, that it wouldn't otherwise have done i do think that uh, netflix is actually quite good at opening up these kind of international um international sort of content things um but it'll be interesting to see you know if once we're coming out of the eu because apparently that is a thing that we have to do yes uh it'll be interesting to see if if uh, what that does to netflix here in the uk um and uh you know it's, it's worth pointing out as well that uh, that that you know the, the english language thing does mean that, that uh, the uk and uk broadcasters are quite often involved in Joint collaborative productions, uh, so there'll be shows that are uh, that are kind of produced joint produced with here and and the US, mm-hmm. and uh, so we do see like a lot of few quite a few um, British shows do have a bit of a, a sort of cult and even a crossover kind of mainstream hit audience yeah. in the US. Um, but it's uh, I'm mean, interesting to see what Amazon does with this as well because yeah. Netflix is kind of further ahead with their original shows and they're producing stuff like Marseille in France and Dark in in Germany, and uh, uh, they produce Spanish language stuff. They've produced stuff um, in all sort of various different uh, various different countries, and it'll be interesting to see if Amazon kind uh, of do the same, and then also there's people like Hulu as well, mm. and all those other kind of streaming yeah, services. Yeah, I,
1: th- I think Netflix is probably the the service that will thrive the most mm. in this environment. I think because I mean it's it's got money to spend on original content Lots as we've seen. Money. Lots of money. Whereas I think smaller streaming services might be hit harder by this, mm. um, because they perhaps don't have the same I mean, it is done proportionally, of course, so, you know, it's it's thirty percent, so thirty percent of whatever they have to spend, I suppose. But ultimately I think it might be more difficult for smaller streaming services mm. that are just making fewer shows overall to well, keep yeah. up
0: that's that's exactly that's a good point and in fact actually we're gonna see you know it's all very well amazon and and netflix are very big and they have very big broad catalogs so it's probably not gonna be that difficult for them to meet this quota but then if you look at uh, some of the new streaming services that are coming up soon like for example the big one that's coming up is going to be disney's streaming service Mm. and are they going to be affected by this if they're going to have all the marvel shows and all the marvel movies and all the star wars movies and all that kind of thing are they then going to have to correspondingly produce British shows and French shows and stuff as well. Like, how's that going to work with them? So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see what uh, what they do. But we have no idea when that's going to happen. Apple also launching a streaming service at some yep. point soon. They've uh, they're, they're banking on big names mm. for theirs. So um, yeah, they're making a, uh, a a TV version of the uh, the Foundation series by Isaac Asimov. So if you're a big sci-fi uh, novel nerd, then uh, look out for that one. That's quite yeah. exciting.
1: Yeah, I mean Apple again. Apple and Amazon, as we know, Amazon had some uh, some great news this week when it became a trillion dollar company. Mm. Um, mm. Apple is already a trillion dollar company. It's not like they are struggling for cash. <laughs> yeah, exactly. To uh, to spend in in these different ways. Exactly. So they can afford to bankroll yeah. on a series of like Red Dwarf or something. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. Mm. Um. So hopefully. You know, we'll we'll see some great stuff coming out of Europe from all of them.
0: Speaking of Amazon, just a bit of a digression. Uh, amongst all the kind of uh, politicians targeting American tech giants, uh, Bernie Sanders, who uh, you may remember from uh, such elections as the last one they just had, um, <laughs> he uh, he has launched an act in through the Senate through the Senate called the Stop Bad Employers by Zeroing Out Subsidies Act. Ooh, and uh, catchy, you, catchy, yeah. But if uh, if you want to if you want to make that a little bit catchier, you could call it the Stop Bezos. Act. Act, which is, of course, the name of it, as the acronym is uh, is is Bezos, Bezos, which is the, of course, the name of Amazon's boss, Jeff Bezos, the richest man in the world, I believe. So,
1: <coughs> am I right in thinking this is to protect uh, Amazon workers?
0: Amazon workers, yes, that's right. So, it's the, the idea of this act is to require big corporations like Amazon and Walmart to pay the government for uh, uh, the sort of assistance programs that their workers use, like food stamps, public housing, Medicaid, and that kind of thing. Um, but I just thought that was an amusing uh, bit of. Uh, trolling there from Bernie Sanders uh, <laughs> naming his act in that way. Anyway, and uh, yeah, speaking of Europe, you've just spent a bit of time over there. What was it like? How was your week in Berlin, <laughs> looking at uh, all the latest at IFA? Um,
1: Berlin was delightful as always. Right, good. Um, EFA was um, <laughs> delightful as always <laughs> messy and crazy as always um
0: for those of you who aren't aware this is a uh, a big annual technology trade show yeah. where all the kind of big technology manufacturers they get together in berlin every year and they have done for decades in fact and they announce their their new stuff yes. they show off their new wares
1: yes that's correct so this is a, it's actually europe's largest trade show but we tech trade show but we don't often see uh, many uh, phones there so we, we usually see a uh, kind of the big slew of phones announced earlier in the year at Mobile World Congress in Barcelona mm-hmm. um, now uh, we did see a couple of phones okay. um, at IFA uh, at primarily ones that are kind of for Europe only Europe and Asia only mm-hmm. r- uh, rather than ones that are going to be Announced in the U.S., um, but there was uh, there was one phone that caught my eye. Mm-hmm. I was rather surprised, I have to say, because it's not something that I would usually be drawn to. Okay, yeah, <laughs> um, and that was the BlackBerry Key2 LE. Um, what year is this yes <laughs> I know um, and uh, you know in the past I've not always been the biggest fan of BlackBerry phones but I think that this is it's a really interesting device I think BlackBerry is it though
0: it, well
1: it's it's really it's firstly it's it's brilliant value okay Um, it's uh, it's got a QWERTY keyboard still mm-hmm. so you know if you're still in the market for one of those um, which apparently people are, is, yeah. um, and also uh, it's running the latest version of um, Android, and it's got a huge touchscreen as well. But it's um, effectively it's it's kind of uh, I think when BlackBerry started making phones again, they presumed that that they most of their customers would be kind of business people and enterprise users, mm. and actually what they found is that. It's younger people mm. um, and consumers who are buying their phone. A little bit like it, you know. It as happened when um, uh, when BlackBerry was popular, you know, when BlackBerry the first was popular. Time around, yeah. I was going to say the first time round, but. I don't think we can say that they're popular mm. a second time round yet. Yeah. Uh, it might be a bit when premature. When they were around. Yeah. <laughs> when they um, were thing. And you know they became really popular among teenagers and younger users mm. who w- uh, were primarily attracted to it for BBM. Free messaging. Yeah, yeah. yeah for um so uh f- so this, they've got this uh, they've got this phone it's it's a cheaper version of the flagship phone that they bought out earlier this year. That phone I think is around I think is around the 600 pound mark. Mm-hmm. Um, this p- this phone is around the 3 to 400 pound mark um and it's still kind of like premium phone um really nice looking and they've actually done something quite unexpected for BlackBerry mm-hmm. in that they've experimented with color <laughs> Wow. It's like they've discovered it.
0: <laughs> well, that was always the thing, wasn't it? Like, they, um, you know, the kids loved the free uh, BlackBerry messaging. This was before WhatsApp. Mm. This was before Facebook Messenger. Um, and uh, and they loved the free messaging. And BlackBerry just didn't seem to know what to do with that. And they no. kept making these, like, boring, grey uh, business brick phones. Yeah. And kids couldn't get enough of them. Mm. But, yeah, so uh, if only they'd figured this out about, probably about 10 years ago.
1: Yeah, so they, um, they, they kind of, they've made this phone in, in a kind of, quite a bog standard sort of slate grey blue colour. Mm. And then they've they've got a champagne gold version which mm. is quite snazzy. And then they've also got an atomic red version, which is actually quite cool. It's got like all of these red accents around it and it's just it's it's the kind of phone that People would look at and be like, "Hang on a sec, what is that?" Mm. Which you don't get much of in 2018 because so many phones just look the same. Yeah. Um, and you know, obviously, there's this BlackBerry phone. It's got it's, it's got this like deep red. It's got this QWERTY keyboard, and I think it's the kind I've had red phones before, and I know that mm. people are a bit like, you Ooh. know, yeah, it, it does catch people's eye a little bit, right. and they want to know what it is. Um, so for people that want to make a bit of a statement as well, I think this could be quite a popular option. Having
0: a BlackBerry in 2018 is making it quite a <laughs> It really is. But it's fun seeing all these kind of like classic brands you know if they if yeah. they fail for long enough but they cling on eventually they'll loop back yeah. around. So we're seeing these kind of retro Nokias over the past
1: exactly. year or two. Yeah. We've had
0: the banana phones come back and now BlackBerry's back. As yes
1: well. exactly. So um, there, there are a couple of interesting features as well that that come on the software side that it's gonna actually roll out to its, other, its flagship phone as mm. well. Um, one of which is the ability to clone certain apps. So you can have two versions of, um, I think at the moment it's Instagram, Facebook Messenger, WhatsApp, and WeChat, and it's working on more. Um, it's something that BlackBerry's doing in-house, it's not something it's working on developers Why? with. Why? Um, the idea is that you know it's seeing increasingly people managing multiple accounts on, okay. um, on or. on finster. Yeah, As your Finster, kids might, uh, or if you, that. or if you're somebody that m- that uh, needs access to kind of a big company um, Instagram account okay, or something yep. like that, and you don't want to just be switching accounts within the app, sure, sure. So you can actually put don't mix them up. It's got um, it's got That's my BlackBerry's advice. also got a special kind of locker feature. Mm-hmm. Um, this allows you to put certain apps into a it kind of it sandboxes them, and if you try and en- enter the app, it, it provides a sort of almost like um. Uh, a second layer of authentication by it. you okay. have to use your thumbprint again mm-hmm. to just access the app so it really locks those apps down so if you've got a um version of instagram mm. that you know is a company version that you can uh, and you want to you, you will need your fingerprint to access it and mm. it's it's separate from your own personal okay so, so it's that kind of thing um so they're working on bringing more of that to um to the um uh, to the phone, and they're also working on better, because this, this uh, obviously, the uh, the specs are s- are, aren't quite as good as they are for the main flagship phone. It's mm-hmm. much cheaper, so that's what you would expect. Um, and it's got a small, among that, it's got a smaller battery. So it's working on bringing some new power management okay. uh, features. Uh, for example, if you've forgotten to charge your phone, it'll look in your, it'll look at your calendar and your diary and mm. your daily habits to kind of like, Find a spot where it thinks this would be a good time for you to charge it, you're not doing anything what? else, there. and it will give you a reminder and be like, Hey, like, charge wow. your phone now. And like,
0: that's cool, it's like you're having a nap, I'm gonna power down a bit, yeah, that's amazing.
1: So, yeah, so it's that's like, quite clever,
0: actually. I like that, yeah. that's, that's a good, that's so a good like,
1: thing. so, so Blackberry actually surprised me,
0: um, <laughs> yeah, that, I'm surprised. Yeah. I was uh, thinking, Wrap this up, wrap this up, but actually, that was yeah. Quite <laughs> <laughs> that is probably more time than we spent talking about BlackBerry for exactly, years. Exactly, no, yeah, cool. just
1: give them, I mean, that's it for the next year now. <laughs> it's had its lot. Yep. Um, the other uh, the other phone news out of EFA um, mm. was not actually a launch, it was just the launch date okay. for uh, the next big Huawei flagship flagship phone, okay. the Huawei Mate 20, and that's going to be on the 20th of October in London, Ooh. so we will be attending that Exciting. event. Exciting,
0: in person, yeah.
1: Yes. Um, and uh, yeah, that's something to look forward to.
0: And uh, so IFA is uh, obviously, like I said, uh, the phones are usually earlier in the year at MWC, but IFA is well known for its home stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, So for example, there's always a lot of big TVs, right? Really big TVs, did you see the big TVs?
1: Well, yes we did. Mm. We saw. Lots of huge TVs, and in particular, we saw Samsung's uh, 8K TV 8K 8K TV. It's uh, the Q900. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if I'm right, it might be I'm just going to check this. I think it's 95 inches. Okay, screen okay.
0: Um, they didn't go for the 100, they were so close, they <laughs> yeah. thought, Should we just go for it?
1: Um, but 8K you, though, yeah. So, um, I mean, we've talked a lot about 4K before, and mm. we our, our conclusion is that. It's, n- it's a nice to have, but mm. it's not, you know, it c- there comes a point where, especially if you're talking about a TV in your lounge,
0: mm.
1: having, increasing the resolution isn't going to make much difference because our eyes are only so good. <laughs> you know, yeah. the screen resolution can be, can keep getting better and better and better, but like ultimately, our you know, it's not going to, change our experience.
0: Yeah. Um we've passed the singularity of TV, like yeah. TVs are better than we can human eyes can perceive. Basically, only robots can fully enjoy TV now.
1: Um but uh, on a on a massive cinema screen for example, it mm. could make a a huge difference to mm. have something that this is this resolution. Um, well, that, I mean
0: that said, like I, I I can't remember if I talked about this on the podcast last time, but when um W- uh, I did an interview recently with the visual effects people who, do, who the guy who done the visual effects on Vanity Fair, the mm. uh, the TV show. Yes, yes, he yes. made an interesting point that that was a show that was made for Amazon uh, and ITV here in the UK. But uh, those shows that are made in four K, they're more detailed than a movie. Yeah. So that you know the, the amount of detail that goes in there, they're like they're CGing in little tiny little, little tiny in the crowd scenes, the tiniest tiniest of people, much more detailed than you get in a movie.
1: Yeah, um, and you know I think. A lot of there are some things that have already been filmed in 8K. Really? Um, yeah, some some a couple of films I think um, I can't remember exactly which titles. But the the issue as well is when you're starting to film stuff in 8K. Mm. Um, first is the cost of the cameras. Um, so there are. Um, The the company that makes really high-end cameras, RED, Hmm. um, already makes some cameras that are capable of filming in Hmm. 8K, but obviously they're really expensive. And then the other thing is the size of the files, you know, because if you're filming in much, much higher resolution, it's just going to increase the file size. So if you're talking about a whole TV series, Hmm. um, never mind a film, if you had a whole TV series, that's... Uh, that's a huge amount of uh streaming or downloading yeah
0: yeah yeah. and even even making it i mean the fact that again these visual effects guys they're working on these huge huge files and every frame is this huge huge thing so yeah it's uh uh, maybe so. There'll be. A, there's always a bit of a lag, though, isn't there, between there a new, a new yeah. format and an actual content for yeah. it. So don't rush out and buy an eight K TV. Yeah, just yet. I mean
1: you can't. You just yet. It will be out later this year. So that we've but no
0: idea how much they would cost. Then in that uh,
1: I'm not sure if we've got a price for it just okay. yet. Um, I know. Lot, I I, although I know that. So this is the first eight K television that I think is going to be kind of publicly available. But I think there was a company that put out a screen that was an eight K screen okay. earlier th- earlier this year, and I think it. Was was selling for $11,000. Wow. Um, so, you <laughs> and know, there's you, nothing <laughs> you can watch on it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: you can watch two 4K movies yeah. <laughs> side by side. But that's about it. <laughs>
1: um, But, you know, I, th- I think that this is something that we're going to, it's obviously a big kind of headline grabbing thing for the show. Mm. It's, a, it's a great thing for Samsung to have and to be first on. But um, w- when it, yeah, like you say, don't rush out and buy them or, pl- or even plan to buy them mm. anytime soon because, I don't think it would be really worth it. Um, yeah. We're only st- sort of starting to get into the territory where 4K is, mm. is, is worth investing in, I, I think. Um, increasingly, we're seeing 4K content available and 4K streaming. Um, and eventually, you know, that will be the industry standard. Um, yeah, I think
0: maybe we should draw a line. Maybe we should just say 4K, that's it. That's, yeah. that's where we draw the yeah. line, no more.
1: Yeah, we can focus our efforts on improving other areas of technology. Mm. I mean, there are plenty of other things that need improving. Yeah, I like, could write a whole list. Like
0: not undermining elections, that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All those guys who are working on 8K TVs, just take them off that, mm-hmm. put them on the election thing. We'll have yes. solved it in no time. Yeah, that, You can have that one for free. That's how it works, Jack. right? Just going to act Jack right now. <laughs> yeah. um, were there any other kind of big trends? Uh, I know uh, Alexa is yes. always, a, always a trend of these things. Yeah,
1: um, so we found out at the show that Alexa is now on over 23, thousand different devices wow. which is up from f- from four thousand in january this year so that's a that's like a five-fold increase in the number Again, of alexa enabled yeah devices available and mm. um, one of the sort of standout or more interesting Alexa enabled devices from the show was f- was from Huawei and mm-hmm. um, it was they, they've kind of gone into the smart speaker market mm-hmm. um, and it's this is a kind of their rival to I guess the Google Home and Amazon's Echo and the Apple HomePod and um, now their speaker is also it's a it's also a 4G router and um, you know it's it's kind of pretty much the same as the others. Um, My favorite thing about it though, is that it's called the Huawei AI cube. And let me tell you, it is not a cube. <laughs> it is very much a cylinder. <laughs> that's absolutely brilliant. Um,
0: I d- I, so I, I enjoyed like... the
1: irony of that.
0: Yeah, no, that's excellent naming for Hawaii. Well well done, well done, Hawaii. It's like they're <laughs> gaslighting us now. Yeah. Just the, this is this is a cube. It's, it's <laughs> like a, this is not a cylinder. It's, it's, it's
1: reinterpreted the cube.
0: Yeah. You could be like, hey, Alexa, what shape is this? <laughs> it is a cube. Alexa, it's not. Yes, it is.
1: And then eventually you'll start to believe it. Eventually, yeah, yeah. will yeah.
0: be gaslighted by Alexa. Uh, so, i mean we should say that alexa is amazon's uh voice controlled personal assistant yes um where you ask it to do things like play your music and all that kind of thing mm-hmm. and uh, control your thermostat and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff are we any closer do you think looking at the stuff that came out at ifa are we any closer to deciding which of these voice assistants is the best is it alexa is it apple is it uh google assistant or whatever it's called
1: the thing is i think it's not such such a question of what's best as Mm. what's most ubiquitous at the moment so when people are buying products to work with other products what they want to see is uh you know consistency across the the whole range of stuff that Mm. they've got and you've
0: kind of got to choose an ecosystem yeah
1: a little bit and um you know until we can i mean maybe we'll reach a point where we can find some sort of interoperability between them Mm. um but you know that hasn't happened on other systems you know on mobile operating Mm. systems you talk to alexa
0: but that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to talk to siri anytime yeah there are some devices that have google home and a google assistant it changes its name every five minutes i lose track yeah and alexa Um, on the same on the same devices which is kind of interesting
1: so i i don't think that necessarily that is a sign that alexa is significantly better than Mm. all of these other assistants at all it's Mm. just the fact that you know, if, if you get it on enough stuff and it becomes the go to thing. It's yeah. a little bit like Google getting Android on everything. Right. Um it's it's just people more likely people know what it is, they get comfortable with it. Mm. They they buy more of it. Yeah. So could become a um, standard, yeah. Yeah. Uh, by default. Yes. And I think that uh, you know, seeing big companies like big other big tech companies like Huawei, you know, Huawei doesn't necessarily have to it doesn't have any allegiance to any particular thing in mm. in in terms of uh in terms of who it's going to partner with and it partners with all of these companies on various things um and yet you know it's chosen alexa and i think as the more com the more big companies we see choose you know sort of like staking their claim and saying no we're going we're going with this because mm-hmm. i mean maybe maybe that is a sign that for them also it's not just the ubiquity but it works for them mm. um in some way works with their technology, who knows. Um, But uh, yeah, and we're also, you know, we're going to see Samsung. uh, We heard this week as well that Samsung is going to be opening up its own rival Bixby to developers. I think it is. They've been talking about
0: that for years.
1: Yeah, Bixby. (laughs)
0: Uh, <laughs> I like that name, it's quite old-fashioned, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it sounds like a butler.
1: Rich, I actually think that this should be a challenge for you because you have a history of going with the real underdog, <laughs> um, you know, you were the one that was championing Windows phone. Yeah, and
0: look where that ended up.
1: Yeah, um, I think you should be the one that takes Bixby and, you
0: know, <laughs> and drives makes into the ground. case for it. Yeah, so <laughs> far I'll adopt it and then everyone will know that's, that's the one not to, to go for, for I mean, Samsung, they sold a lot of phones and tablets, if they get a Bixby up and running properly, I don't know why it's taking them so long, but if they can get up and running properly, that's a that's a lot of mm. there's a big captive market there because mm-hmm. that's what that's what Siri is all about, right? So many people already owned iPhones that they put Siri on it, and it just automatically had millions of people using it.
1: Yeah, um, mm. and you know, obviously the the, the 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 issue that Samsung has, is the same with um, when it introduced Samsung Pay. You know, people also have Android Pay, which mm. used to be Google Wallet. They also have um, Google Assistant available to them on mm. an Android phone as well. So it's just you know, it's not that it's it's not necessarily going to be their first choice mm. um so yeah
0: well there you go so any uh, any other th- other things exciting any less exciting novelty things that came out of EFA uh, uh, what was your best experience
1: <laughs> my best experience was um oh, let me think um there was there, there was a very exciting Oh, okay <laughs> <laughs> has some great beer um there was a very there was a, a gaming chair that a lot of people were very excited about it was a massive thing okay. there was some ex lg had this kind of exoskeleton robot Ooh, the leg. angel legs yeah 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 and um, that was quite cool um there was some interesting fridges doing different things i think there was one that could like vacuum seal within the fridge mm. um vacuum seal your food i'd I don't really understand a lot of the appliance stuff. Oh, I but love the fridge stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean I think effectively they are all sort of getting slowly smarter mm. but you know and they are moving the, some of those features are moving away from being like a novelty thing to being just like a standard inbuilt thing into fridges mm-hmm. Yeah, um, which is um, something for us all to get used to. I mean it's not like we go out buying a fridge every day is it? So like no. I mean I don't know how long a fridge lasts but several years Mm. so i know that i won't be probably getting one of those anytime soon well that's
0: the thing about a lot of household appliances, isn't it fridges and tvs they're they're very very occasional purchases so they've got to keep kind of trying to think of new gimmicks to sell these things yeah
1: but yeah Um, yeah, so so yes some interesting fridges and our appliance team did an amazing job of getting like all of them right um, and covering all of them and we've got a big EFA roundup on the site that you can go to and you can see all of the fridges Mm -hmm. (laughs) and everything else um some of the uh some of the thrilling phones that are coming to europe um
0: (laughs) (laughs) including the new blackberry yeah yeah wow i haven't said that for uh, for a good few years Yeah. yeah
1: Um, So, yeah, you should go and check that out if you want to catch up with all all of our EFA coverage. It's not too late. Mm -hmm. You can still go and see it. It's still relevant. Even
0: if you don't care about fridges. You know, look yep. at look at the. Cr- I mean, honestly, it's worth it. Look at the crazy stuff that's yeah. going on in the world of fridges right there now. There was
1: definitely something about. M- I remember a cool wine, a wine cooler thing as hmm. well. That okay. was very. That was interesting.
0: There's some interesting stuff happening in the wine wine technology world. I can't yeah. remember who said that, but there's like they, there's all kind of different uh, different um, uh, devices that will like put sensors on your wine bottles to tell you when it's ready to drink and all this yeah. kind of thing, which is kind of interesting.
1: Yeah, which uh, I mean, what I really need is just something to tell me what wine is good to drink, uh, <laughs> and. Then then maybe I can get to the point of like working out when it's good to drink. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um Start. So with baby steps. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure wine connoisseurs will appreciate that
0: absolutely all right well uh that's it for this week uh if you uh, if you haven't yet sworn off twitter because it's uh it's a hell website of of terrible stuff happening then uh, you can find us there uh <laughs> as one of the few bright spots yes. you might say
1: i only tweet nice things yeah
0: and uh, and you you tweet as
1: i tweet as katie collins just my name
0: just your know. uh i am at rich Nightwell with a k Uh, And you can also, of course, find CNET on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and wherever you get your social stuff from. Um, Yeah, uh, uh, don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes if you've enjoyed the podcast or a comment on YouTube, as long as it's again. Nice. Uh, (laughs) Let's keep it it clean. Let's keep it clean. Uh, And uh, yeah, well, thank you very much for listening and we'll uh, see you next time.
1: Bye.